Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Jewel show, and yeah, this is me. Did you hear me singing a little bit? Yeah, I can sing. So yeah, so I've been living my life like it's golden all week long before we, uh, since we've been talking since last week, and that's my motto, and this is a great and exciting week for me, and it's a whole new direction that I'm moving with my show because there's so much information out there, and it's not necessary for me to always have to be the one to narrate it and to bring it forward. I decided I would let the masters themselves come forward and tell you all about the fabulous, incredible, just amazing things that they do. So this show, I am having guests, and we're going to have a guest every week for a while because there's so many fabulous people out there. I want you to hear from them yourself. Now, it's very interesting. Our first guest comes to us working with a very dynamic, very important part of the body, and that is the rectum. That's right, the rectum and the anus that connects directly to your colon. And this is such an important part of the body that really causes so many people to have serious health problems that constantly just suck up the life force energy and just cause a total change in the contour and flexibility and the health of the cells, which also is a reflection of what's happening in the mind. So I just want to kind of give you an analogy of what's happening here. I saw a documentary not long ago, and it was showing the conditions of the air in the Philippines. It was saying that the Philippines, the air is uh, is one of the most toxic environments environmentally on planet Earth, and it was showing how the children are really suffering because of this inability to control the pollutants that are in the air. So they were showing how in the countryside so many of the children uh, had uh, breathing abnormalities and they devised a little simple test. And this little simple test was where they were training field nurses to go out and take the respiratory rates of the infant from near birth to, or should I say slightly after birth, until age five years old. And uh, if the children were hyperventilating, that is the respiratory rates are up, the field nurse was trained to say that these individuals were having early states of bronchitis and or asthma and was then dispensing pills supplied by the pharmaceutical companies to help alleviate this inappropriate, diseased state of respiration. 
So as I looked at that and I looked at those children and many of them had very rotund bellies and it's natural that the belly is round and rotund in childhood and usually only after adolescence sets in do we begin to really see the contour and the waistline because that's what testosterone and estrogens do. It redistributes uh, the fat and the rectus sheath actually becomes more tightened which then flattens the stomach. With these children, though, the arms were quite small. So it wasn't as though they were uh, well-fed babies where they just happened to be carrying a lot of fat in the abdomen region. The arms and the legs were quite thin, and they had very large abdomens, which normally also is a sign of malnutrition and also parasite infestation. And so parasites have never really been dealt with to the extent that they should be. And I usually don't like to use the word should, but I have to say that this time because we have dismissed parasite infections in this country horrendously in the medical profession. So even doctors are taught that if you're concerned about parasites, then you need to really screen the population that you're going to test for. So if they haven't been to a tropical environment or, you know, have lived in areas that we know have high infestation of intestinal parasites, then, you know, your diagnosis probably is incorrect and you shouldn't waste the time and the money for testing. However, now since we know that America's had problems with infestated meat, with viruses as well as parasites, our water system has definitely been highly contaminated our food chain has had many leaks in it from salmonella to E. coli infestation, et cetera. It is prime that any physician, as far as I'm concerned, worth his or her salt, has to seriously consider parasite infections, especially in the face of chronic respiratory disorders. Why? Because there's a direct relationship. Actually, the lungs balance out colon function, and colon function also determines the effectiveness of the lungs. So anytime there's lungs and respiratory problems, we have to always ask, is the balancing organ healthy? And usually it's not, and usually it also needs support. So therefore, normally caring for the colon is important in sustaining and treating respiratory diseases, which has totally been ignored. So what I saw on that documentary was a country that we know the Philippines has a lot of parasitic infections. We have not demonstrated yet, at least I have not seen the literature, that demonstrates that parasites do cross the placenta just like they do in lower animals. We know for a fact that worms in the mother's bloodstream do cross in the placenta into her puppies. That is why that's a standard that all dogs are worm before they actually are sold to the new owners. We haven't demonstrated that yet. However, we do know that many of the parasites that affect humans, the eggs are airborne. So when those eggs are shed by the parasites, even though they reside in the intestines, et cetera, and parasites can live in other parts of the body, when she exhales and those eggs are lighter, so light in the air that they can be released, and if she's nursing the baby, she's handling the baby, then the baby can inhale these eggs. They will then literally uh, anchor themselves in the colon and begin to grow. 
So the close association with a mother who is infected with parasites also leads the children to also be vulnerable to infestation. So with that understood, we have a master here, a colon hygienist, Miss um, Harriet Harris, and I just love the name of her business, a colon plus massage. That is the name of her business, a, excuse me, a colonic plus a massage. A colonic plus a massage is the name of her business. And she has been in the colon hygiene industry for over 15 years. And so uh, she has serviced me on many occasions over the years, et cetera, and I just thought that she would be an incredible person to share with us her experiences around colon hygiene, what it does, what it doesn't do, and literally let us know all the things that she has seen because we still have so many people who are ignorant of how to care for the lower colon. So, Harriet, I want to welcome you to the Dr. Jewel Show on the Jewel Network. And as you know, we are dedicated to broadcasting the science of life and living. And we are so glad that you are here to give us the science on colon hygiene and health. How are you? Fine, Dr. Jewel. It is so wonderful to be here. The Jewel Network is so needed. Well, I'm excited, and, you know, after all my years of practicing medicine and, you know, being in the research industry and microbiology, et cetera, I recognize that people were still living their lives as though science was 25 or 30 years behind the present time. And that is not. We are 25 years above and beyond where most people are living. So the only way we can close that gap is to deliver directly to the people who are directly affected the information that the scientists have on board. So, Harriet, with your fabulous business named A Colonic Plus a Massage, tell us how did you decide to get involved with colon therapy? Now, I just want to make a few little statements right here before you answer, uh-huh. because that rectum and that whole area is one of the most powerful areas of the body. And most people do not know that their waste is extremely powerful. The waste is extremely powerful because this that is being eliminated out of your body, this shows that what you took in from the environment you could not assimilate into you. It was not of your frequency. It did not have the nutrients necessary, and the body rejected it. That is what your feces and urine demonstrates. Understand that. So it's very powerful energy, even though your body can't utilize it, but we see that when we don't handle this source of energy appropriately. It's our discard, but it has to be handled appropriately because otherwise it pollutes the environment and then it causes problems with us. But Harriet is going to show you even what happens when you cannot get it out of the body in a timely manner. So how did you decide that you would get involved with this area of the body, Harriet? Tell us the story. Well, it's... uh Interesting. I was really just burnt out on corporate America, and my degree is in economics. And oh, how funny! How funny! Yeah. Good economic point. You got to manage that waste. Okay. All right. Exactly. And so I was curious for years as to what massage therapy was all about, actually. Mm-hmm. And so 
I uh, checked around when I was really, you know, uh, burnt out and, and looking for just a whole nother career, if possible. And I got someone to teach me massage, and it turns out that they were willing to also cha- train me on colon hydrotherapy. And mm-hmm. so I did that, and um, later I went to um, train in Arizona. It's uh, called American Health, and I trained in Florida uh, at the Tola Research. And what's mm-hmm. interesting, in Florida, you have to be a massage therapist before you can even be uh, a colon hydrotherapist. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, my first job actually has been my only job, and that's um, doing uh, massage, colon hydrotherapy, and physical therapy in a medical uh, office with um, other, you know, nurses, doctors, and um, a whole staff. And it's it's all been preventive. Uh, the the um, focus of the practice has always been preventive. And so what the more interesting question is what has uh, caused me to continue colon hydrotherapy. And please share that with us. So what caused you to continue? So you got the training, and so you went into this at first for business reasons. Is that what, is that what the deal was? You wanted to have alternative source of income? Um, well, yeah, I was at the little no-brainer job, and... Uh, <laughs> I had, I, had, uh, I was in sales with Xerox and, and Bell South for years, and um, so I left, and I was in this little no-brainer job, and, and thought, well, suppose I was a massage therapist. Well, how much, how much, uh, how many massages would I have to do to earn the same thing I earn coming here six days a week? And when I looked at the figures, I was home before noon, and. It took a little bit of searching, but I, you know, did get someone to train me, and it's been awesome. And the reason I continue is, well, let's put it this way: Have you ever, ha, have you ever heard a dying man or woman ask for, uh, say that they wish they had another dollar? No. No. <laughs> no. They won't. Not at all. <laughs> I they think want that's the last thing on their mind. Yeah. Right, exactly. They want more health, and so let's just move to a, a happier subject because health begins in the colon. So you've heard the the saying, "It takes a village to raise a child," right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what does it take to raise the village? And this is my reason for continuing. We here in the village, the society, people, we copy each other's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now, think about how we have the possibility to start a whole new movement based on a healthy look, like a healthy colon. Because, as I said, health begins in the colon. So let's, you know, really examine how easy it would be to get the village to raise a healthy society because we're all just copying each other. Excuse me. We're all just copying each other. Well, let me just uh, interject this information and let's standardize what uh, we're defining as health and healthy colon and then from there Mm -hmm. 
if you agree with this, then we can move to really have that discussion because the main thing here from a balanced perspective, everybody's got to be on the same page. So now Harriet of a Colon Plus Massage Corporation. The information I have here says that it takes about 100 hours to process a single meal. So your colon holds about eight meals worth of food at any one time. And every time a new meal goes in, you should be pushing out <laughs> one a few, from a few days ago. So if you eat today, you're having a bowel movement from a few days ago. So if you eat three times a day, you should be having three bowel movements a day. If you're like most people eating the standard American diet, which we call SAD, no pun intended, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> it lacks high amounts of fiber and usually is not enough fluids associated with it, you have most likely have weeks, months, or even years worth of festering, decaying bits and lumps of food that are literally rottening in your colon right now. Is that correct? Do you agree with that? Well, yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that, and that sounds like somebody that's already constipated. Uh, a lot of people have one bowel movement a day, and that's still considered constipation. But well, well I, let me just interject this because I want you to talk on all this. So, so therefore... Now the information says, okay, that if we know we're supposed to have a bowel movement after every meal and that that bowel movement equals the meal that we ate three days ago, it then says that these are the criteria to determine whether your bowel movements are healthy. Most people can't determine that their bowel movements are healthy unless there's something really strange about them, that they're hard as a rock or they don't come out or they're, you know, they tell you sometime mm-hmm. on the TV that they're pencil-shaped. So it says here that if your bowels are healthy, your stool should come out fast within seconds. It should come out easily without straining or discomfort. It should be a medium brown color like cardboard, like a cardboard box. And to come out quickly and easily, it should have the consistency of toothpaste. It should be shaped like a banana and be about four to eight inches long. Your stool should enter the water smoothly and once there, descend slowly, not sink like a stone or float. There should be little gas, little or no odor, and you should only have to wipe once, not keeping wiping over again to remove the blobs. Do you agree with that? Now, give us your spill on that as the master of this. Okay, I'll that's the standard. Now let's talk about how we can get there, or have these experiences. <laughs> I'll start at the end of what you said, at the back door where the waste was coming out, and it should be just one wipe. You know, the it could be um, what we call a mucoid stool, and it's real pasty because when the waste that's goes, not the healthy stool, though, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> okay, right. So this idea, this was the ideal bowel movement. So that's why I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, now we can talk about all the other things that most people are experiencing because most people are not experiencing this. Right. What was just described. Right, and so people don't realize when you have to wipe and wipe that um, that's not a healthy bowel movement. A lot of them are just happy to have a bowel movement. Okay. And then, um, so, yes, it should come out quickly. I agree with that. Now, um, color 
you know, some people eat very healthy. And, you know, so brown is is going to be what really 90-some percent of the people have, um, mm-hmm. that, that color. But you can actually have green bowel movements because you ingest so much uh, so much green, so much leafy green. Oh, okay. Green. Yeah, and that's that's considered healthy. If no, your that's, diet is that's healthy. As a, as a matter of fact, I make a deal with my clients that are um, have a uh, disease with a name to it. That's the way I call it. That's um, I because uh, we we have wellness spoken here, so we don't really call a whole lot of you know illnesses and and all. But <clears throat> if someone comes in with a client and they have a known illness what I'm saying. Um, and their bowel movements, 50% of them come out green because of, they've been doing wheatgrass and leafy green juicing and, and, and that sort of thing. I give them half off of, of the cost of their colonic because I'm so impressed that they uh, have this, the presence of mind to do what it takes to heal. And it takes so much. But back on to the, um, the uh, proper bowel movement. Um, Three days going by, uh, a bowel movement from that long ago, I think it's, um, I, I feel that that's a slow transient time. Mm-hmm. And as I was saying, one a day, most people are having one bowel movement a day. And I have folks come in, however, that maybe just have, I always ask the question, um, how many bowel movements do you have per day or per week? And so they can just fit in wherever they fit in. And oftentimes it's like three or four a week. And so the first thing I say is, well, I know, it's almost like joking, I know you eat more than three or four times a week, right? And they just kind of laugh and I laugh, and then we have to go on to some serious healing work. And I, you know, congratulate them for being here and there are all sorts of symptoms that I know that they may be having that could really be um, helped and uh, lightened, you know, by the colonic experience. So back to the healthy bowel movement. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, uh, sinking slowly is is one uh, is, is one thing. Uh, floating is uh, well. It, I'm. Mm, yeah. So sometimes they float, and sometimes they, you know, most uh, a lot of people just they they just sink. But to um, when you flush, it should break up the ideal bowel movement. And the main thing is to turn around and look. I have so many people that don't even know what their bowel movements look like, and I just can't conceive of. <laughs> going to the bathroom and not looking to see what I have deposited. Okay, so wait a minute now. I think that is very important because see, we're we're talking about uh, serious information, powerful information about the body that is being ignored. So right now, let me let me just remind everybody. And if you've just tuned in, welcome. You are listening to the Dr. Jewel Show. I'm your host. And my guest this evening is Ms. Harriet Harris of a Colonic Plus a Massage Corporation. And we are talking about the very important aspect of health, which is the colon, 
and we have discussed the fact that if you want to have healthy lungs, you've got to have a healthy colon. It's the, the bottom supports the top and vice versa, and this analogy has not been understood yet by modern science, science and the medical institution. So a lot of people are suffering, suffering pulmonary disease because the colon is backed up full of waste. And today we have with us Harriet Harris, the founder of a colonic and a massage, who is giving us the details and the science of colon health. So you were sharing with us something very, very important, Harriet, that many people will create a bowel movement and never look at it because they have been indoctrinated to think that this is, you know, horrible and, uh, you know, we don't want to have anything to do with it, even though it gives them tremendous information about the state of the health of their colon and other organs if they would just take a moment to visually scan and assess what they've created. You want to say more on that? Yeah, it's absolutely the case, and even when people have uh, have decided to come in and get a colonic at, at our office, uh, sometimes they don't even want to look at the viewing tube. There's a viewing tube that allows you to see the waste that dumps out of your colon. And well, I think now, just a minute, you have to uh, introduce to everybody what is a colonic. Let's talk about that. Tell us what that is, Okay, how that works. A colon, uh, a colonic is an internal bath. It's a gentle flow of water around the colon. Every colonic gets water around your entire colon, and it loosens the waste, and it is not uncomfortable. It's unusual because you have the urge off and on for the whole time uh, you're on the table, the colon table, uh, you get the urge to have a bowel movement. So that's unusual to have that, you know, so frequently in a short period of time, but it's not painful. And you will get a little, uh, if gas is coming out, you will uh, get a little cramping. It'll feel like a menstrual cramp or a tummy ache just at that those few seconds when the uh, gas is passing. But it's Quite interesting, uh, colon hydrotherapy, uh, the cleaning of the colon, and it gives you tons of information about how you are uh, nourishing yourself or not. And some of the types of things that we see would be bowel movements. They may um, show constipation. They may show um, some uh, mucoid, um, you may see mucoid plaque. Um, What does that look like? What's a mucoid plaque look like? Okay. Um, Well, it's lumpy. It's in the shape of your colon because it's been sitting and letting some of the other waste go by. And you can actually have... um, the plaque can come from the small intestines or large intestines, different parts of your body, uh, your digestive tract. And so normally when you go to the bathroom, you have a bowel movement that is smooth. It's uh, tapered at the ends. 
but the waste that comes out when you're having a colonic is is different and it's very telling and you can see uh sometimes it'll come out the the fe- the fecal matter will look like a boomerang or something mm-hmm. um and so you can assume that it's been sitting in a a little pocket and just you know waiting for its turn to come because your colon can actually expand and let the current waste go through and just hold on to the other waste. Well, why would it hold on? Well, why it, everything is so connected, so you know, it looks like I'm jumping from subject to subject, but the reality is if you can hold on to your waste, that means you can hold on to grudges. You can hold on to weight. It's all connected. It's the same uh, ability, uh, ability psychologically. So if you learn what what I absolutely um, want people to do is learn to retrain themselves to be in flow with life. You've got to let the waste go. You've got to let the fecal matter go. And when you can do that, you will find that you can also start to let uh, or simultaneously let a lot of other things go too. Sometimes okay, I'll now, just this is, mm-hmm. go okay. ahead. Well, this is very important because if I am comprehending what you are saying, Harriet, you are saying that people's colon becomes inundated with waste, and that waste begins to release the toxins that were removed out of the body back into the body because the individuals are also clinging to and holding on to attitudes and perceptions about aspects or experiences in their life that they are not eliminating. They know that they don't want to be bothered with it. They know it's wasteful, but they're still holding on to it just like the waste in their colon. Is that correct? Is that what you said? Yeah, that that's absolutely true, and it there's so a big disconnect. So, so constipation is a state of consciousness. Mhm. <laughs> is that is that what you're saying? That's your conclusion after over 15 years. I am, and that's another reason why it's stated don't eat when you're upset, because if that if you don't have proper elimination in part possibly because of being upset, that upsetness is in you until you let go of that mucoid plaque. Now, we we see, so the mucoid plaque is like uh, a buildup of mucus, and it creates a little community inside of you is the best way to describe it. When when I see it come out, I, I say, now, you didn't eat anything that looked like that, but what happened what happened was the mucus built up and then when more came it built up and it built up and it just gets thicker and thicker and darker and darker and you know eventually you know you let it go you could actually be on a fast and and look in the toilet and and see a string a mucus string there's there's also yeast strings so they would be white they look like mucus, except they're white, and the yeast just collects and collects and builds this little community, 
and gets into uh, into a string. It forms a string, and uh, you know it's just really amazing. Some of the other things that you see coming out would be gas. Gas can sit in your colon, and when it comes out, there's a waste hose, and I can see the bubble in the waste hose, and I can actually count how many inches of gas comes out of a person. Well, let's, 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 let's take a break on that. I just want to uh, let everyone know that you are listening to the Dr. Jewel Show on the Jewel Network, Justifiably Enchanted with Enlightened Living, hosted on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm your host, Dr. Jewel, and with me today, yes, we have guests. With me today, we have Ms. Harriet Harris from her corporation. She's the founder of Colonic Plus a Massage, and her expertise is assisting individuals to be able to restore a healthy colon lifestyle back into their environment and to their way of living. But as she's revealed to us, our attitudes determine whether we will hold on to waste or eliminate it, and it is literally a attitude or a state of consciousness that is the progenitor, that is it initiates the condition of constipation in the body because individuals are not able to release and let go of experiences from the past that they know they do not want to continue to be associated with. But in their minds, they're not able to drop it, let it go, remain in the present. So therefore, the colon takes on the affect of the attitude and maintains and holds on to the waste, representative of the waste-inoculated attitudes that is still clean to the past. So, Harriet, now I think that it's very important for you to uh, help us gain an insight as to, well, what does it mean that you are able to collect a foot of gas from a person's colon? What in a person's life reflects uh, gas? What, what is that? Is that anxiety? Could You know, it, as what you've described here so far, it looks like gas is reflection of anxiety because, you know, when individuals become anxious, they literally begin to do what? Swallow air? Mm. And also, too, this issue that you described where we have the yeast. Well, now my teachings are such that yeast are kept in control by bacteria. There's a symbiotic relationship between yeast and bacteria that the bacteria keep the yeast in check because the bacteria, seeing being such a faster-growing organism, utilizes enough of the nutrients in the environment that it keeps the growth rate of fungus under check. So in my mind, then, when a person is suffering from fungus, which means that the fungus have really been growing, there must be something wrong with the balance of bacteria in their colon also. Is that correct? Or what, what information do you have to contribute to this? Okay. Specifically about the gas? Yes. Okay. Well, one thing I say when I see the gas um, 
and people want to know how to eliminate it. It is um, has to do with food. Proper food combining can actually lessen the, the way you take the nutrition in at the when you decide to eat, what you decide to eat can really help with uh, reducing gas, bloating, and constipation. So that's um, that's one way, and that is if you're eating fruit, you have to eat it by itself and on an empty stomach. And there are some other rules about it, but but that's real important because ga- because the fruit can digest itself easily. It has all the digestive enzymes available so that it can quickly have a, a quick transient time and be eliminated. And even, let's say, water, just the way you drink water can have an effect on uh, gas. Because, as you were saying, if someone's anxious and they're taking in all this extra extra water, I instruct on just how to do something simple like drink water. And it's not letting any extra air in. You're just sucking that water, you know, straight in. Okay, and, now and wait. Now, this is important. You're giving all this information, but most people don't get this. You just said that there's a method by which you are to drink water. Is that correct? Yes, because you don't have most people never heard of that. So how do you literally step by step correctly drink water? What what is the step by step teach us? Well, I am I'm very uh careful about the container that I drink the water from. I wouldn't drink water from a little a bottle with a little bitty you know, like uh the diameter is like a an inch and a half or something, like a so the little uh, I don't even know what soda bottles look like now, but like the size um, of a, a a nickel, a nickel yeah, size. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. because you have that little trickle of water going down, but then you have all that air going with it, and so you end up feeling full. So okay, I now wait you, just a minute. Now give us more detail. Now here we have a, a regular pop bottle or water bottle, and mm-hmm. it has an opening, a nozzle on it mm-hmm. that's the size of a nipple. What do you what are you doing or uh, how do we put this to our mouth that if we can do it correctly, can we drink from a bottle with an opening the size of a nipple correctly or not, or what happens? You're saying well, that perhaps, the lips should well, be around it or what the mouth should be? What are you saying? Perhaps you could do better with a straw, but I think you should just lose that bottle altogether. Think about the animals. Everything's natural. An animal would go to the lake and just suck up the water until their heart was content. And so that's what we do. What we could do if we were going to raise a a healthy society. (laughs) And so books I've read, uh, such as The um, Body's Many Cries for Water, it tells you to drink 48 ounces of water at one time. So a lot of my clients do that. The first one, the first 48 ounces being in the shower in the morning. And it's a big container and, you know, a, a wide mouth container is what I'm saying. And you you uh, just have the water flow into the opening of your mouth and just let that water in 
So do you perch your lips, or how do you hold your lips in your mouth with this container? So do you perch your lips like, you know, you're uh, going to give them a perch kiss lip, or is the <laughs> mouth just relaxed and you're like kind of semi-smiling? What is the lips doing so that you don't take in all this water? Okay. Well, you take in as much water as you can, and and you just no, no, no. But I mean, how is the mouth positioned? So as you put the end uh-huh. of the container on your lips, is it, is your lips semi-smiling? You're like semi-smiling, or are your lips pooched out like you're gonna, you know, give a a big smooch kiss? Or how how do the lips position themselves so that you don't take in all this air if you're not using a straw? Mm-hmm. Um well I your your mouth is just open and uh, you let the water have a nice a nice flow and I tell you what the a good way is um when the you have a plastic a soft kind of soft plastic then you can put it up and you can literally just suck it and the and the uh the container just goes concave it collapses in and so, so what are you, you saying can, this is with a straw no no if, if you have um if you have let's say a gallon uh uh now it's not the best um kind of container to have water in in a soft plastic container but if that's what you have and you put the whole container uh, your your lips are totally around that container. The opening and of the container. The, the opening, opening of the okay. container. And okay. then just like a, this is a perfect way to describe it, just like a baby's bottle, the way the baby sucks, remember you used to, um, the baby would suck and you make sure that no air got in when the baby was okay, sucking the bottle? Yeah, because you made sure the nipple was all the way down in the baby's mouth. Right, and you, so you let no air in. So that's what I'm simply saying. When you drink your water, you let no air in. So you can take something like uh, initially just take um, a, a water bottle and suck it like that. Just suck the water in so there's no additional air coming. It's just what's in your mouth what's, and, and you just, you just in, ingest it. And so you're saying like gulping, you can't gulp or anything like that gulping, because that no, because you're going to feel full as I don't know what, especially if you do 48 ounces at one and time. And that's 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 taking in the air. Okay, mm-hmm. gulping, no gulping. Okay, exactly. Alrighty. So mm-hmm. so my clients can drink 48 ounces of water and it's not a big deal. I mean they feel they feel full, but it, it it's not it's not a problem. And so I suggest people drink that. Um, water in the morning, and then you drink it before you eat a meal. And uh, even if you have something good to drink, like you make a, a green smoothie or something, then I would say have water before you have your drink. So you're truly uh, enjoying your drink. You're not um, trying to satisfy thirst. But the water, the, the water aspect is um, has to do with um, every. According to the book, the body's many cries for water. 
every ache and pain you've ever had is your body crying out for more water. And they suggest that 48 ounces of water three times a day in in one month you would overcome high blood pressure. And talking about asthma, they say in one week you overcome asthma. Drinking okay, simply now, drinking water that way. Now say that again. Repeat that formula. That's a formula. Drinking, so repeat that. Drinking 48 ounces of water three times a day, you would be able to overcome asthma in one week. That is the challenge in that book. I'm not saying it, but that's what the book suggests. So for colon health, how much water are you recommending? And you're recommending drinking it in this very uh, closed mm-hmm. uh, environment, closed oral yeah. environment to keep the air out. How much water should you drink a day for colon health? Well, at a bare minimum, one half of your body weight, that's the number of ounces you should drink. That's a standard recommendation. Okay. I have, Yeah, I have moved to the 48 ounces three times a day um, because, I, you know, I want to avoid a disease with a name, so I'm doing proactive, preventive, everything that I can because who can afford to be sick? You can't afford money-wise. You can't afford time-wise. Well, you know, the key is is that, you know, I, I say that whatever people, ex- you know, experience for themselves is an experience that they mm-hmm. are learning from, learning more about themselves. The key exactly. here, however, is never to have an experience to such an extent that you are not able to master it where you wind up losing your connection to your body, which is what we call death. Now, mm-hmm. that is certainly failure. Do you understand? Absolutely. I mean, that's an underachiever. And so, therefore, we need to know all these alternatives available to us so that if we are having symptoms in our body because we're having symptoms in our mind based on attitude that cause certain areas of the body to dysfunction, i.e. the colon, not functioning well because people can't let go of the past, that people can't process experiences at the moment completely mm-hmm. and then be able to walk away with the wisdom and the knowledge. So therefore, their body would exemplify that by being able to eat a meal, that is to assimilate the present, absorb the nutrients available at the present, and eliminate that that is not relevant at the moment, which is what would allow you to be able to have three mild bowel movements a day if you ate three meals a day. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Well, that's very interesting. So uh, one other thing about the – go ahead. uh I was just going to ask, so what in your business, a colonic plus a massage, allows you to really address the constipation of the of the attitude, the constipation of the mind, as well as address the direct waste that is being retained in the colon because of the attitude. What specifically do you do at a colon, a colonic plus a massage to treat that? Since you understand the the uh, well, upper and lower aspects of mm-hmm. 
holding well, it off. Uh-huh. I understand it, and I'm a believer of what I'm seeing because I, you know, I I see what I see. So it it makes me continue until I can articulate, you know, what is going on and how I can be helpful. All I know is the word is not getting out um, quickly enough. So I approach the, the client lying on the colon table, and the first thing I do is feel their energy. And I do that with... Um, a combination of Reiki and medical Qigong. And I want them to feel a certain kind of balance to me from the energy I'm feeling before we start the colonic. And Now, that's interesting. You talked about something that most people haven't heard of. What is medical Qigong? Hmm. Well, there's... there's um, Energy to be shared, uh, energy is always shared between people when they're in each other's presence. And uh, so you can feel other people's energy and you can um, have help from, you know, whoever the, uh, you know, spirit guides are that are, you know, available um to help feel and release, mainly it's about releasing blockages. So if you have um, been on your feet at a convention, you know, and you come in for a colonic, I might be able to tell that you've really been wearing your feet out because they're just, the energy's just, you know, barking, barking. If you're a person that thinks a lot, um, I can tell. And... You know, um, because the energy every over the whole body feels the same until I get to your head, and then I actually have to work. I actually have to um, work. Excuse me. I actually have to uh, do some extra energy work uh, before we can start the colonic. So I do some massage and, and all that, and. What else is interesting about um, these little intuitive things that have happened uh, as a result of um, doing the colonics, I can actually tell something about a person's personality, like a major feature. Uh, it would be something major uh, about their view on life by the way they let the waste go. It's the oddest thing. I've never heard any other. I've never well, Give us some about examples it. because that's um, kind of vague right now. So give us some concrete examples so we can see this vividly. Okay. Um, let's say someone takes 30 whole minutes <laughs> before they let go of uh, a significant release okay. through the from their colon. And... Mm-hmm. It will come to me. I will, and I'll, I'll say the word that comes to me, which is, "You're very cautious, aren't you?" Mm-hmm. I've had people that um, want approval. I, it just comes to me what the what something about their life. Um, there was a lady who I could tell that she was a great packer, like on a trip. 
she could she was proud of the way she could pack a suitcase because of the, and I figured this out from the way she had the waist packed into her colon. I mean, you 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 know this in you know like 30 minutes of the colonic, and you don't get a you don't get that kind of message from everyone. But the point here is, um, you were saying, what can I do about the fact that someone's not in flow and that is some some psychological things? All I can do right now is make a note of it and encourage people. Uh, that it is real and to, you know, allow allow themselves to be in flow. There are about nine categories that I've identified uh, that if people work on these categories um, in their daily habits, health habits, they can evolve into a lifestyle that will lead to wellness. So and, what are these nine categories? Can you share okay. them with us real quick? Sure. It has to do with uh, with breath. First of all, just having gratitude for breath. You know, in the middle of the word breath is eat. So I say eat air. Eat air for more hours than you do anything else. You know, just breathe, meaning just breathe air. You don't have to have water. You don't have to have food as often as we do. Even when you're sleeping, you're breathing air. So... Uh, the other category is water. I call that nature's champagne. So it's very important to master water. I used to be amazed when people said uh, say said to me, "I only drink water." I halfway thought they were lying, <laughs> but I I understand it now. You know, you can just drink water, and 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 that's quite healthy for you. The other area is meditation. Meditation is unbelievably important. It's different. Now, what are you saying when you say that? Because, it's, you know, this is a, we broadcast the science of life, so you have to tell us the science. Okay. What are you saying when you say these words? Okay. Okay, meditation is not, it's, it's different from prayer, different from chanting. It is, um, it's, it's when you quiet yourself and you relax. And you become as one as you can with, um, I'd say, your subconscious. And what I suggest is uh, if you really want to know the answer to a question, you can get in a relaxed state. I I do the feeling exercise from um, Arnold Patton's book. You can have it all. I still do that. And uh, you can ask a, a question that you really want to know the answer to, and you just relax, and the answer floats up to you, either in that meditation or your next meditation or somewhere in between. But what I, the reason I like working with doctors um, like yourself is because you all can scientifically prove things that I see daily with my clients. I know that you can co-create health and longevity just by what you do every day. And so I might not have the science behind it. However, I know that it's real, and so I'm directing people in these nine categories. Okay, another one is um, real food made with air, made with water, sun, soil. That would be raw fruits and vegetables. It's very predictable. If that's all you eat, 
you're going to have a high energy. I'm talking uncooked. You're going to have high energy, and you're going to go to your natural weight and size naturally. Another category is solid waste out. So you're going to have What number is that? That's number four? Um, No, I skipped over um, a couple of them. But solid waste out, uh, you want to really monitor (laughs) how many bowel movements you have in a day. And you need to have, you need to work on having a couple of them a day. Um, I say the colon is is um, is designed to eliminate at least twice two solid bowel movements a day. And if you if you go more than two days without a bowel movement, you need to have an enema that night or the next morning. I suggest the enema with the old fashioned, you know, bag. Uh, and use water, a quart of water, the same water that you drink. Um, and but let me ask you this question then, mm-hmm. because now, you know, for the balance of things, mm-hmm. if a person is is going and not having a bowel movement for two days, in that we know that for every meal you eat, you should mm-hmm. be having a bowel movement uh, respectively, that then also means that there are events that are occurring in these individuals' lives that they have not completely processed and are retaining mm-hmm. in the moment, even though it's a past event. So that also then, is, is there a correlation where we've seen where individuals who don't meditate or don't meditate on a regular basis have this problem with prolonged retention of waste where they go two, three, four days without a bowel movement just like they go two or three four days without meditating, do we see the same analogy since we know one causes the other? Absolutely, and uh, because, one, they're stressed, and you could also put in uh, sexual activity. You know, that's another one um, that helps uh, or or that hinders uh, people from having their bowel movements. Um, Lack of sex. And so are you saying that lack of sexual activity creates constipation? I think I, my opinion, but I'm sure the doctors can tell you scientifically, yes, that's correct. Because, because see, this is what's so powerful about this whole meditation. You can be, about this whole health picture, you can be a lay person and not read scientific books, but you can still get the answer. You're totally connected to the whole universe. Every answer that you need for your life is out there. Right, so, but okay, but now let, let's, I mean, but we need to really look at this because, again, uh, the genitals have multiple purposes. The, mm-hmm. the genitals are not just for reproduction. They're not just for orgasm. They also, the energy that resides there is also for further development of all of the neurologic ganglion sites on the body. That is, you have a gut brain. Those neurons need to be innervated. You have a brain over the stomach and pancreas, the solar plexus, literally. You have brain tissue, nerve tissue over the heart. So we have a heart brain that needs to be activated as well as the midbrain, especially in the cranium here, surrounded by the right and the left hemisphere. So that energy that is stored and is 
and reservoir activity, literally, in the pelvis is present for us to learn how to activate these, what I call, sub-brains or smaller brains throughout the body as well as complete full activation of the brain that's in the head, the neurologic system in the head. Now, what happens with many people is because they are using, not for uh, procreation, okay, the energy in the pelvis by releasing it only at the first chakra, they are not bringing this energy up beyond the navel, they actually then allow all of these other areas of neurologic development and knowingness to atrophy Mm. because, yeah, and because obviously the energy is there for a greater capacity. See, this is, you know, what we are looking at here because when individuals don't have balanced brains and they are not using more than 5% of the brain, then they can't perceive that the same area of the brain can uh, of the the brain and of the body, Mm -hmm. same area of the body can do something so incredibly unique and different from how they originally were using that area. For example, the hand. I mean, so this is something that you know from infancy, a baby uses it to slap itself upside the head. Mm-hmm. uses it to basically, you know, hit itself in the eye. And then as the brain develops, et cetera, then we start seeing coordination. And then with the introduction of toys, et cetera, and then finally fine motor skills where the child is focused, is, is taught to focus so that they can actually write, which brings finer, uh, more sensitive muscles into play, et cetera. And then this is the same hand if it's continuously nurtured, and as the brain grows, can create a fabulous picture. This is the same hand then that now, as the brain matures, can actually release energy from the body through the fingers to distal points. It's the same hand that can then be used to create a magnetic field that can levitate matter at long distances. But the source of energy through which all of this occurs resides in the pelvis, and so many people are never able to create magnetic fields where they can actually levitate and guide matter at a distance from the use of their hands because the energy is depleted in sexual activity only for a momentary sensation because we know for a fact that if that energy is brought up to the brain, and that is where the orgasm is had, an individual can be sexually active to help stimulate that orgasm that occurs in the brain, in the head, once, and they don't, a person doesn't even need to be sexually active again for another year. Mm. So I'm just saying that, again, we have to basically recognize that as our brains grow and as they expand, we can use the same organs and same sources of energy for different reasons. That is why this uh, correlation that you made, uh, Harriet, about how a person creates waste, how they eliminate it, how it looks, is definitely reflecting states of consciousness. So this is at the top of the hour. 
you are listening, if you're just calling in, if you're just uh, clicking in, you are listening to the Jewel Network. I am Dr. Jewel, and this is being broadcasted, the Dr. Jewel Hour, and I have guests. And my wonderful guest today is Ms. Harriet Harris, who is the founder of A Colonic Plus a Massage. And we thought it was very important here to start out with talking about elimination of waste because without the elimination of waste and allowing the body to be able to cleanse itself, we cannot continue to build and expand in any way, and especially in consciousness. And this is what the 21st century is asking of us, to expand our consciousness, to grow and expand our brain. But we have to be able to, as Ms. Harris has said, to release the past. And that's what the waste in our colon represents, the past. And we have so many people that are not able to deal with it. So they have fucked up colons. They're taking all kinds of drugs and medications. Every other commercial on the TV is about either gas or bloating or diarrhea or some type of dysfunction of the digestive tract. And it all is a reflection of the state of consciousness of the individual. They're not handling their life experience as well. They are not digesting the experiences that they're creating, and they're holding on to the past, and it is causing a buildup of waste in the coast. So, you know, Harriet, I would like for you to finish giving us the rest of those nine tips for uh, longevity. Can you Sure. Yeah. um, One of the ones I skipped was just other liquids. you know, just making a note of what else you are drinking. Um, when when I was speaking with you the other day, and I was talking about eating a certain um, eating uh, at a certain time uh, frame, I, I wanted to basically take in all my solid nutrition from two o'clock to six o'clock. And you were commenting, well, every time you think that's using protein, where are you going to get your protein? How? research how are you going to feed your brain. And I did discover I needed two other leafy green uh, drinks uh, at some point during the day. And uh, so, yeah, other liquids other than water, just, you know, making a note of that and what works for you. Um, Then uh, exercise, of course, is, is vital for your body. And another one, uh, another area is having a buddy, a health uh, buddy to have a conversation with at least once a day. And the point is um, just to have someone to check in, sort of for accountability to say, hey, this is my nutritional uh, goal for today and or this is how I did. And it helps keep you uh, your attitude about wellness in, in the right place. And the one, that, another one that I skipped was altered, denatured, unnatural, mucus-forming solids. That's all cooked foods. <laughs> and so, okay. when, so when you eat cooked food, you, um, well, it's my opinion. <laughs> when you eat cooked food. Um, you know, it's not, it's the opposite of live food, so uh, it doesn't increase your longevity as much as the other. Um, 
So those are those categories that you can look at and you can form healthy habits on a daily basis. You know, you just may take one area at a time and it really turns into um, a lifestyle and it helps you to co-create health and longevity. Okay, well, now you know as scientists here, we always uh, are looking for the bottom line aspect and going back to the source of all things. So, you know, we know that all things are made out of light, Mm -hmm. and it really just depends on your frequency as to whether you can uh, interact with the frequency of something else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so therefore, uh, raw foods uh, have their place in a person's life depends on where they are and their learning about mm-hmm. themselves as well as cooked foods. But we know that the bottom line for the most evolved soul is the capacity to use light directly mm-hmm. in the form of light. And so, therefore, we know that photosynthesizing is the ultimate capability for the human who has now moved into full brain function and, therefore, can fully activate their melanin. Because what we have discovered that we know that the melanocyte is a unique and highly evolved nerve cell. Amazing. So if a person's body is totally covered with these nerve cells, that have a pigment that can photosynthesize light just like a solar uh, array screen, a solar cell, then the individual really doesn't have to take in an altered form of light made by another consciousness. It can take light in directly. So, you know, we want to begin to realize in the 21st century that people are always exhibiting where they are and what they do by their state of consciousness, but that unlimited potentials are always available for us depending upon what part of the brain we choose to use and when we choose to use it. So, therefore, that is why we know that how a person is bending light, shaping light, creating their realities, we can't then look upon other people where they are and how they are utilizing light and talk about whether they are wrong or right unless we are observing also that they're using light in a way that is bringing about the destruction of the body. So, you know, Harriet, one of the things I've always said is the fact that individuals have to drastically change their eating habits and their lifestyle every 18 to 25 years. That is the window you have to make a change. Mm. And if you are not changing every 18 to 25 years, it doesn't matter what you're eating, you are going to drive the tissues into a degenerative state because the tissues need to change. The chromosomes, excuse me, the genes have to rest. They've done the research to show that the telomeres, which are responsible to hold the genes in place in the chromosome, that after between 18 to 25 years, they just burn out. And so people aren't getting it. The reason why is because you should have totally switched to a new set of genes Mm -hmm. so that they could regenerate. 
not just trying to figure out what you can do to give a longer life to the telomeres. You've got an infinite number of genes that have all kind of information on them. What are you going to use them? See, this is the key. You have a body that can live indefinitely, and you've got all of these genes that you can turn on to experience what you are like at a different level, at a new level. You're already programmed, but to only live your life through one or two programs, well, of course you're going to, you know, ruin the database on the encoding device because you just want it to enough. I mean, it's just like, you know, a record or a DVD or anything, a carpet. You keep walking on it the same space, the same way. You keep playing it the same way over and over again. It's going to wear out. It could have had a permanent life, but you never gave it any variation. You never walked on any other part of the carpet. You never actually, you know, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying that these are the things we're discovering, but science is not discussing this at all mm-hmm. with the general population. So for those individuals, I think the greatest thing that you're doing, Harriet, is that you are treating individuals in consciousness as well as the result of their consciousness, which is the condition of their colon. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge leap in how to be able to deliver a hygienic system to a living system is that that hygienic mechanism should be able to not only treat the individual physically, but also treat the state of consciousness that created the physical existence of the manifestation that we now have decided needs to be altered or uh, ameliorated. And you have now been able to bring into the 21st century the capacity to recognize that if we're going to treat the colon, which is a reflection of a state of consciousness, then we have to also treat that consciousness, that that state of awareness, the attitude that has created this level of dysfunction in the colon. And I just congratulate you for basically seeing that. That's real important. So uh, can you just state over the air, Harriet, where we can reach you, our international uh, listeners can write you and email you where, and for those who are in the Georgia, Atlanta area, where they can also reach you? Sure, I can do that. Well, I see your telephone number is 1-770-425-2000, okay, if you want to order information, and give us your website. Okay, it's www.acolonicplusmassage.com. That's A, the letter A, colonic, C-O-L-O-N-I-C, plus is spelled out, P-L-U-S, massage, M-A-S-S-A-G-E dot com. And my email and is the same. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, my so email is Harriet. the same. Harriet. Uh-huh. Uh, with two T's, H-A-R-R-I-E-T-T, Harriet at a colonic plus massage dot com. And, okay, well, mm-hmm. we have individuals who want to talk to you. They've got questions. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I, okay. I am, and I want to say the website has wonderful parasite information with vid- oh, live good. video. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah, and okay. also, also to keep this conversation moving, no pun intended, 
you can um, get me with a Facebook fan page for the for the office, A Colonic Plus Massage. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, let's keep this moving, no pun intended. Okay. <laughs> can we, uh, my dear engineers, speak to our first caller, please? Hello, hello, how are you? And welcome to the Jewel, Dr. Jewel Show. Yes, yes, greetings, how are you? I am fabulous, and yourself? Okay, good, good. Um, yes, yes, Dr. Jew, um, I have a, a quick question for you. Um, I know that you are also a medical doctor, but I know you are, um, you go the holistic route. My question was, why, uh, when you go to doctors and you tell them that you want to do a colon cleanse or colonics, they tell you that um, it, it could be unhealthy for you because you, you you can lose some kind of nutrients or something like that. Well, okay, I will give my spiel for that. And since we have the expert here, uh, Harriet Harris of a colonic massage, she'll have to then discuss it from her end, no pun intended. But I will say this, that from the medical doctor perspective, my colleagues are very ill-trained in hygienic practices for the digestive tract. They are taught how to handle crisis management issues, you know, uh, intubation, constipation, severe constipation, uh, severe diarrhea, inflammatory bowel syndrome, that kind of thing. But to really sit down and prescribe a diet, to prescribe states of attitude, uh, proper hydration series, the whole bit, my colleagues are not taught to do that. They are just taught to use drugs and to use surgery. We don't even offer colonics. I mean, you know, even a colonic in the hospital would be so appropriate as far as I'm concerned rather than to take a person to surgery and actually cut their colon open to remove what we call uh, obstipation, where there's the, there's the stool is just blocked up, it's hard as a rock, there's no way that the person can pass the stool because it would just tear the tissues to pieces, and these people have to go to surgery to have this removed. Now, they will do that, but you have to understand that what other doctors they were going to for constipation totally ignored their symptoms. They did not give them a hygienic prescription to handle the long-term problem. So, Harriet, if you can address then the fact that you have picked up the slack and your specialty has picked up the slack that the medical profession has ignored because they're not trained to do that. They only know surgery and drugs. And so, therefore, to handle and build a lifestyle of colon health, you do not go to the standard medical establishment. So, well, Harriet, do you want to you wanna Yeah, that's, that's that? true. And removing the waste is actually going, some of that uh, toxic waste, because the longer it sits in your colon, the more toxic it gets. It is a lack of, uh, you know, just knowledge on the part of uh, a lot of the doctors. Um, and so when you get that waste out, then it allows the friendly uh, balance of, a fr- of the friendly bacteria uh, to really flourish. And so there, there's not going to be um, a problem with um, what, what you were saying about uh, getting rid of the um, nutrients things like that. You're really getting rid of stuff that's toxic that's feeding into your system. And if you let it sit there, it's going to seep into the bloodstream, 
lymphatics and all that, and it just keeps feeding back and forth. Right. I can just give you an example, uh, sir, about the negligence that we're looking at uh, with the medical institutions not addressing colon health is that this is one of the main reasons why there's so much prostate disease in men. There's a very thin membrane that lies between the back of the prostate, the posterior, as we call it, posterior aspect of the prostate, and the rectum. And when men are chronically constipated, the waste diffuses through that membrane into the prostate gland, and the prostate gland is not the intestines. So it doesn't have a vehicle or a conduit to release its waste. And so all that waste over time is absorbed by the semi-muscular gland organ, really, okay, because it is a uterus, okay, and that waste is being held there. And the tissues just become very inundated with waste. They enlarge. And finally, they undergo mutation, which is what we call cancer. So you would think that all the surgeons and all the urologists know that there's a very thin membrane between the posterior aspect, or should we say anterior superior aspect of the rectum and that prostate. But they do not give full information and teaching to men on hygiene practices for good colon health. And so many men have a lot of what we call obstipated type attitudes. We only go to the bathroom at certain times and the environment has to be a certain way and just a whole bunch of other stuff. So therefore, they have the urges to defecate, but they repress it. Oh, I was on my job or I was this or the place wasn't right or whatever. And no one's ever told them that when the body says, I want to get this out, you refuse to, that within hours, all that waste starts to actually diffuse back into the surrounding tissues. And the first major tissue that is affected by waste in the colon in the men is the prostate. And the same for the cervix in women. Same for the cervix in the posterior aspect of the uterus. So I'm just saying that what would have happened to all these millions of men that had been given proper colon, uh, colon health and directives by their urologist over the years, would they have had to have their prostate removed? Would they have had to have to take estrogen for prostate cancer? Would they have had to have radioactive seeds put in the prostate? Women, would they have had to have their uterus removed, et cetera, or cancer of the cervix or cervical dysplasia if this had been employed. But this is an area that Western medicine does not embrace, and many, many people have suffered, which is why the Jewel Network, which broadcasts the science of life and living, is bringing this information to you because if an institution is not willing to serve you, it's okay. You can still get the information. You can get served. All you have to do is want to know, and we are an outlet that will make sure that you can get the information and move forward. We don't have to depend on an institution to decide if we're going to be healthy or not. That is not the decision of the institution. It is your decision, and when you decide such, if the institutions around you can't provide it, you don't have to go without because there are other resources to enlighten you. So it's 
we don't have much time. We have one more caller uh, that has a question. Uh, our engineer, can we speak to that one caller? And then we're going to go quickly to the uh, chat room. And I want to thank uh, the gentleman for calling and bringing that, that uh, question up because for colon health, no. You're going to have to basically rely on your hygienist and the institutions that teach hygiene to ensure that you're going to keep a, a healthy colon. Thank you for calling. Our engineer, do we have the next caller? Okay. No more callers? Okay. Now. I do have, I do, did want to say I do have a colonic being administered in a hospital on my website. It's under You're news. kidding. Let's hear about it. Wow. Yeah. It's, you just click under uh, news, and um, it, it's up in uh, Danbury, Connecticut. They do colonics right in the hospital. Okay. Now, this this is a real registered AMA-recognized hospital? Oh, absolutely. And what they discovered is older people especially need it because um, the when they do – I've gotten what the solution is with the little with the other uh, little enemas that they were having them do, but it was really poisonous for them um, in some sort Inadequate, of way. Inadequate, yeah. Yeah. Inadequate. Well, I have to just applaud that hospital, whoever the administrator was, and the doctors, and everybody that loved life enough that they started putting colonics in a real hospital. Because see, this is what I'm talking about that we can change our institutions. Our institutions are not to dictate to us. We are to dictate to them, but you cannot dictate to your institutions if you do not have the knowledge and the wisdom. That's why you must develop the brain. You've got to expand the brain. You've got to study on your own. You have to invest in resources, outlets, information outlets, that will provide for you the research so when you do go in these institutions, you can ask them what can they do for you. And if they're not even able to give you hygienic practices, if they're not even able to recite to you the information that you know, then that's automatically letting you know that institution is outdated, the practitioners there are not into recent and current information to support their clients, and you don't pay for that. You deserve the best, and you don't pay for that, so therefore you go to the institutions needed. Now, thank goodness you don't have to go all the way to Connecticut to get a colonic. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a whole network here. You can go to other places. But the key is, and that is a light, that is a light to let you know that the willingness for you to get the information you need in the face of the fact that the hospitals were saying this was bad and, you know, this is crazy and whatever, and you still took care of yourself and started practicing hygiene shows that you changed the institution. Because this is just fabulous that this hospital, this one hospital now, recognizes that at least for the, uh, what they call elderly, that they need something different and they're giving them colonics to get that waste out. So, you know... Harriet, you have made my day to know that we finally have an institution that recognizes that they're losing $18 billion a year due to alternative therapies and hygienic practices that they should have been able to, well, let me just retract that, that they, if they had had a balanced brain and seen the entire picture, would have been able to offer hygienic 
practices and techniques as well as the more invasive techniques all together. And so finally they have developed their brain to the extent that they're being able to see the bigger picture, and so they are offering both services, and that's great. So uh, in our chat box, let's see, we had uh, a question here. Does Senna injure the digestive system? And we got just two minutes left. But can you answer that real quick, Harriet? I didn't hear it. Does Senna injure the digestive system? Oh. Well, no, um, unless it's uh, abused. Um, senna is a herb, and herbs and laxatives all have the same effect. It's really like a poison a bit to the system, and so the colon wants to get rid of it really quickly. That's why I say use water, not laxatives. And so what it does is uh, it irritates the colon a bit, and so the colon expels it as quickly as possible and takes as much waste right out of the center of the colon with it. But if you were to just use water, like a water enema, it, the water will soak in and allow the waste to to uh, come out that way. So water is always better than laxatives. Senna, even though it's a herb, is considered a laxative. And I hope we can keep this conversation moving. <laughs> I do have um, the Facebook fan page that's being developed for a colonic plus massage, and okay, yeah, and, we, and maybe we can talk about um, that those nine categories. They're part of that ER kit I was mentioning. Okay, well, good. So you have been listening to Ms. Harriet Harris, who's the founder of a colonic plus a massage, and you can reach her at. Her website, www.acolonicplusamassage.com. If you have personal questions for her, my international uh, listeners, please contact her at harriet at acolonicplusamassage.com. And please visit her website. I do want you to look at the uh, parasite section that she has and see that uh, in motion and look at the references that she has. And if you are in the Atlanta area, please Make sure that while you're here vacationing or visiting that you go to her and get a fabulous colonic and massage. It's time for us to go. I love you so much. Bye-bye. And thank you, Harriet. Bye-bye. Thank you. Tune in next week to the Dr. Jewel Show. Bye-bye.